Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Thanks for joining us for a special edition of Take Two. This is Heidi Hatch with KUTV2 News. You can find me on TV at 5, 6, and 10 p.m. with my friend Daniel Woodruff. That's what makes it special today. Thanks for being here. Happy to be here for my debut appearance on Take Two. Yes, thank you. And if you followed the legislative session, you know that Daniel is up there all day, every day, following the session. So this is fun. Is this your first full year, or was last year where you were up there as a full-time job during the session? Yeah, so I've been at KUTV now twice, and in my first stint, I was up there a lot. But yeah. it's the second stint where now this is my second year that I've been up there every single day. I guess with the exception of the big blizzard we had, I went out and did some snow coverage, but I was still following the session remotely, which we can do because they stream yeah. everything online. And I was surprised that they actually had the session going as it was supposed to that day because there was so much snow, at least at my house. I'm like, no one's going to be able to get up there. But I guess there were enough other people who lived in spots that were maybe not as snowed in that it wasn't an issue and they carried on. Yeah, they delayed it like an hour. So. And that was it. All right, so we are on day 45. This is the final day, and this is a long day for you because they have to be done by midnight. I heard that the goal is to be done by 11.53. So <laughs> The goal is always, they tease us. They always say, hey, should we end early tonight, like 7, 8, 9, and it never happens. They always end up staying till midnight, and that's when, by state law, they have to gavel down and be done and their business has to conclude at the end of day 45 by the time that clock strikes. And I kind of wonder if maybe this year will be the year where they can actually end early because it seems like usually there's a big bill where they're fighting to get it through and they're like, can we make it happen? And then they just run out of time. But I feel like they stacked early in this legislative session where we don't have some of those big contentious bills at the end here. I feel like they got right out of the gate on some major issues, transgender issues and school vouchers. Uh, those were the two major issues that really came out fast. And it seemed like for the first two weeks, that's what everybody focused on, even as many other bills were still being unveiled. I will say, though, that this has been a very busy session. So they seem to pivot from one big issue to the next, to the next, to the next. And all of a sudden, here we are on day 45. While it isn't a big day in terms of awaiting some major controversial bill, There still are a lot of bills they're looking at, still are a lot of bills they're going through in these final hours, and so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Really, the last remaining big watched piece today, uh, lawmakers passed an abortion bill earlier today that put some new restrictions on abortion in Utah, as well as uh, mandated that uh, those 18 weeks and later could not have an abortion in cases of rape and incest. So that was an interesting one to watch. And then this constitutional amendment that voters might vote on in 2024, they've been working on that throughout the day today, kind of last minute things to get that on that would eventually remove the food tax if it passed, the state portion of the food tax. So we've been polling people and most people are like, why can't they do it now? And I think if you're not in the legislative process, you don't realize that there are um, constitutional rules that we kind of have to live by and where our tax money goes to, what's, what it's assigned to. 
from your point of view as a reporter, as you're watching this, could the legislature come up with a pot of money where they could cover, the, let's say, the cost of it for this year? Or do we really have to follow the rules of the land and the Constitution we have laid out? And it's there for a reason. The legislature really does have a lot of power to do whatever they want mm -hmm. to do. They can suspend rules. They can do things the way they want to do. And they did have a lot of extra money this year. So short answer to your question, yes, they could. But every time I asked that question, lawmakers and the governor said, Republican lawmakers and the governor, because there was some disagreement with Democrats, they said, this is the way we need to do it in order to make sure that the other needs in the state have enough money if the food tax goes away. And they said, we need that flexibility in our budget to be able to say that income tax revenue, once it's spent on education and disability services and programs for children, that there is that ability for it to go to other needs. And that would help cover the $200 million it would cost to remove the state portion of the sales tax on food. Yeah, so it's always more complicated, I guess, than you realize when you're looking at... Um, and I, I cover this stuff, and I'll be honest, it took me a little while when they first started talking about this last year to really get my head around it. So for those buying meat and dairy products at the store, yeah, I mean, it's something they really are going to have to understand and ultimately on the ballot next year decide if that's what they want to vote for to ultimately take the tax away. Yeah. And I've lived in states where there wasn't a food tax. I've lived in states where there's not an income tax. And it's kind of nice because you know how much money is coming in and going out if you're one of those people that shop and add things up in your head. But we're saving a little bit of money. And for some people, that little bit will make a big difference. For some people, it'll be a little bit of savings, but it won't probably feel like a lot. And I'm hoping maybe two years down the road, we're not paying $9 a dozen for eggs and things will be a little bit better anyways. Kind of depends on how much you buy for or pay for food, how big, your, how big your bill is. It's true. So it'll be interesting to watch all of that play out. Um, do you have any uh, feelers behind the scenes of expected vetoes, or is that something you're going to have to wait until 10 o'clock when you do the traditional governor interview tonight? Yeah, we'll talk to the governor, and I, I have no indication that he's planning to immediately veto any bills. I've talked to him about a number of bills, all those that he is, that we've talked about and that other reporters have talked to them about. He's indicated he'll sign. It seems like the governor and the legislature have been pretty much in sync publicly. I know that the governor really wanted some tax cut measures that did not end up getting put in there, like the one-time rebate checks, things like that. He wanted a year of free fare for UTA, public transit, those things didn't get into the ultimate budget, but generally the governor and the, the legislature have been speaking kind of, they've been singing the same tune publicly. And, and I, don't, I don't anticipate anything immediately, but we will talk to him later. We'll see. And he's got several weeks that he can take yeah. action on bills. That's one thing that I think has been interesting because Governor Herbert, um, for all the things he did right, one thing I heard people complain about sometimes is that the governor has a bully pulpit. And if they want something passed, they have a way to walk down there. They can talk to the leaders on both the Senate and the House side. They can hold news conferences. They can sell their, you know, whatever it is they're trying to sell. They can sell it to the public on the news. And they have ways to do that. And sometimes uh, his criticism was is that he didn't use the bully pulpit. Whether you believe uh, the new governor, Governor Cox, has done that or not, there's been an interesting level of organization that you mentioned because I don't think I remember a legislative session where you came out and you knew everyone was on the same page. Deals had been made already with education. We knew that there was an agreement that the legislature would get the school choice, the governor would get the raises. And I don't remember ever seeing that before where they come in there, all their ducks in a row, they're ready to go, they've got it laid out, they have agreements behind the scenes, and they know that they've basically got the votes they need. 
Yeah, and it was that way on certain issues. I will say, though, that the tax cut issue did take longer this year. Last year, my goodness, they zoomed ahead to cut taxes, mm. and that was done very quickly. This year, as I mentioned, the governor wanted a lot. He proposed a billion dollars in tax cuts, and this year it's about $800 million, so it's a little bit less. But again, some of the things he wanted weren't in there. And earlier in the session, I think it was week two or week three, House Speaker Brad Wilson was pretty candid in saying, we are not yet on the same page with the House, the Senate, and the governor. And so that tax cut part of the session took a lot longer than it has in the past because there was still that, how do we get what everyone wants on the same bill? Ultimately, nobody gets everything they want. I, the income tax rate's coming down, probably not as much as some might like, maybe more than others might like. Yeah. And so, uh, but but it did it did take a little bit longer this year to, to come to terms and uh, on that tax cut. Interesting. I know there was a lot of um, time running out in the last session, and so some of those bills came back, and I was pleased to see some of them work through quickly, too. One story I had worked on was with Dr. Scott Jolly, who was an emergency physician that um, ended up taking his life, uh, part of it, just due to the stress of getting treated at his own hospital. That ran out last legislative session. It passed through this time around. It looks like the governor is going to sign it, so it was nice seeing some of those go through. And as much as there's fighting going on up there. It's nice to see where there's agreement too, because I saw a couple bills that you sometimes don't expect to see people coming around the table and sitting down. But uh, when we were looking at one of the transgender bills, what was it? Let me think. Oh, it was for doctors and, um, oh my gosh, what is the name? I need to take a nap so I remember. I'll remember in just a second. So one of the bills that they were dealing with, um, the LGBTQ issues, what is the word um, when you go to the doctor and they try to ungay you? Oh, convert, conversion, conversion therapy. therapy. I need yes. to take naps. I'm sorry for <laughs> this being so uh, stupid in my brain here. But I like to see those bills when you see um, advocates for the LGBTQ community sitting down with the other side and working out a way in the bill where they're like, okay, well, we can get this done. We can both agree. We can change some of the language. We saw it there. We also saw... Well, and that bill took a very interesting journey because it started out written very differently and it was strongly opposed by LGBTQ advocates. And it was as they discussed it that they came to this agreement that it would ban conversion therapy for minors while also providing more clarity for therapists, which which was the concern of some Republican politicians that in the in the previous rule change in 2020 yeah. that dealt with conversion therapy. And yeah, ultimately, that was a bill where I thought we were going to be covering a major fight, and all of a sudden, they all came to the table, they sang Kumbaya, and the bill, I think, I'd have to double-check, but it passed, if not unanimously, yes. nearly unanimously. And that's what I love to see. I can't believe my brain couldn't think of conversion therapy. <laughs> yeah. I think the listeners will forgive you. We've, We've been waking up early at my house this week. They've had soccer tryouts, and because there's so much snow on the fields, they've been going at 4 in the morning for practice or tryouts at 4.30, and I'm like, why are we Yeah, doing we don't this? get much sleep. Yeah, either. so uh, my brain's um, running on um, mom time right now. So I'm always happy when we can see that process work out because that's politics at its best when you sit down and talk about unintended consequences or understanding what it does, and then you can come to an agreement. Also saw that on another bill that I don't think a lot of people thought was likely to pass, but it was a bill that really um, tightened up some of our over-serving laws in the liquor world. And I think when that bill originally came out, uh, there was a lot of pushback saying, you know, we don't need more liquor laws on the books. But I think after the Restaurant and Bar Association sat down uh, with the families who were pushing this through, they really came to an agreement of how they could make this work and then got that passed as well. And that was another one I didn't think would 
really probably see the light of day at the end of the session. So. And that was a, a touching story because it was prompted by the death of 13-year-old Eli Mitchell in West Jordan last year. As he was coming home from the store, he was hit by a drunk driver who had been drinking for hours at a bar. And there was this issue of, you know, what are we going to do about bars who are over-serving people? And so that bill really brought an emotional element to it as well that I think lawmakers were touched to hear the stories from his family and his parents and, you know, the loss they've suffered, but their hope that his death could turn into something positive. For sure. And speaking of that, um, I listened to both of those sessions in the Senate, the committee hearing, and also on the House side, because the Mitchell family are lifelong friends of mine. And you listen differently, I think, sometimes when you're a friend as opposed to a reporter. And it was emotional listening to those. But I think if you go to a lot of these hearings, there's a lot of emotion because each one of these bills that's on there, usually there's an emotional story. There's a personal reason why someone's putting this bill out there and they're looking for change. And this is maybe one of the most important days of their lives. It means a lot to them. What's it like listening into these? Because you're hearing a lot of this. And while there's a lot of contention, there's a lot of testimony, too, of Coming from people and from groups who feel strongly about this, it changes their life a lot. Even if people are at home going, eh, this doesn't matter to me, it matters to someone. Every bill has an impact on at least one person's life, right? And that's where when we see these bills come out over and over and over, you have to remember these bills, if they pass, they're going to impact you in one way or another, for good or for bad, or maybe for neutral, who knows. But it is interesting and, and honestly, as a reporter, fun to sit in these committee hearings and hear just the very diverse opinions that we have in the state about many issues. Can I bring up the state flag? Oh my gosh, Oh yes. my goodness. So are you, we're not supposed to have an opinion as reporters. And but, I won't share any but opinion. But you won't have any share, but I was going to say, this is one issue where you could probably share it. Do you have like a heart, like with one flag or the other? I really don't. Gonna... No, I, I'm, I'm neutral on both, right, as a reporter. But uh, that issue became very heated over the this session, and it only just passed yesterday. And so I think issues from transgender to abortion on the one end to tax cuts and how we spend our money on the other to things like the state flag and should we have a new flag design while still flying our old flag ceremonially, it really evokes strong emotion. And it is fascinating to hear people's views on these things and to realize that we all come from different places And I had a nice chance to go across the street to the Pioneer Memorial Museum and see a beautiful hand-stitched old state flag uh, and talk to someone from the Daughters of the Utah Pioneers that was very passionate about keeping our current flag. And you just recognize that what you might have known your whole life or what you've assumed may not be the case. And they're just, Utah's a big state with a lot of people and a lot of views. And it really comes on display on Capitol Hill. For sure. And I thought that was one of the those issues where I don't have any personal, you know, flag in there. To you don't f- have the state flag on your desk? I don't. And I, I, I have to like, say lawmakers now, ever since it passed, you see the ones that supported it and they've all got these oh, little that's hilarious. Mini, mini new state flags uh, on their desk. They put a stake in the ground. And to yeah. me, it was one of those issues where it was like when we're voting on a state snack. Years ago when Jell-O was the thing and Bill Cosby hadn't been canceled, we voted for Jell-O to be our, <laughs> our state snack. And I'm like, do we really need to worry about this? But the more I listened to the debate, I heard that passion and the history behind the original flag. And then also listening to the reasons for the new flag. I get that too. Uh, Senator Dan McKay, I think, changed his mind. And I listened to him talk about it a little. Yeah, he was the sponsor yeah. of the state flag bill. And, and he really became obviously passionate about it. But I think a lot of lawmakers had said similar things about, I didn't really think about the flag very much ever until recently. And then they 
kind of took one side or the other. Yeah, but flags are interesting when you think about it. When you talk about it, I think flags I think about that people use to represent, whether they um, fly the United States flag, people use the thin blue line flag in front of their homes. You see uh, the LGBTQ uh, flags in front of people's homes, and they mean something. BYU-Utah. The BYU-Utah, <laughs> the ones you know that come from a house divided yep. or whatever. So I think the flags mean something, and I started thinking about it. And I lived in Florida, which is the fake South. It's not the real South. But I think a lot of the southern states have a flag, and you don't think about it until you start thinking about it, and you're like, oh, that was on a T-shirt, or people wear it on hats, or they have it in front of their house, or they fly it on their truck, and it's a form of state pride, and I didn't really think about it because, you know, it's probably not very cool to have the state seal on things, and maybe people don't recognize it, so I see the reason they might want a new one, and I see the reasons why we might want to keep history the same way, and not we'll see how many we'll see how many fly the new flag or the old one. It'll I know. Be interesting. Although I was thinking today that if there were ever a time to start printing T-shirts and hats with the flag on it, and if people are excited, I'm like, shoot, maybe I need a side hustle. I've got to get that. Might make some money. <laughs> yes. So anyone out there, if you're thinking about it, the time might be right for that. Um, were there any bills that you listened to that? I mean, there's only so much time in a normal newscast or for you to write up stories. For people that don't know, um, I work in the newsroom and I see every email that Daniel sends in. And you do several stories on the news every night, but you're sending in literally every few minutes sometimes new stories for the website Depends of on the bills day. that are happening. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, man, that guy's a machine. But there's only so much we can talk about in there a is. day and digest. Is there anything that you heard and you were like, okay, this doesn't have the teeth where we're going to get it on the evening newscast where we have a certain amount of time, but you're like, oh, this is an important issue. You know, and it's hard to come up with one specific. I just think generally one thing that is hard for me is I like to feel on top of everything. And there were so many bills this year. You can't know everything. I think it was a record number. It was. There were nearly a thousand bills written, nearly 1,400 yeah. requested. And or over 900, between 900 and 1,000 that were written. And it's so hard to feel like I'm staying on top of all that. And so what I would try to do, I would try to come in, I would try to look at the bills that had come out. I would look at the committee hearings and see which ones were interesting. I would talk with the, the powers that be back here and figure out which stories are going to make it on TV or be the prominent stories that we're going to feature. But then I would try to look at it and just say, okay, of the other things here, what would I care about figure or knowing as a, a Utahn, yeah. as a citizen? And so I would just try to find those and just put out little blurbs on KUTV.com or send it to the producers so they could put it on the, the show as a little mention that you or Mark would read. And, uh, and that was just, I did my best. And I know at the end of the day, there are things I missed, but I'm only one person. And uh, ultimately I can't cover 950 bills uh, by myself. I'm going to hire some interns. So I worked at ABC four years ago before I was here at KUTV and Chris Van Oker. I think a lot of people oh, yeah. remember him in the political Long world. Long time political Yes, reporter. he always had a couple interns before the legislative session that were up there helping him. So Send, send me a few next so, year. So yes, I'm going to find you a few names <laughs> and get you a few helpers because you really can't be everywhere at once. And sometimes those big bills are happening in hearings at the same time and there's only so much you can do. So... Yes, only one human can do so much. And the benefit, though, I would say, if I missed a bill one day, I could go back the next and listen to the hearing. And I do like that, that uh, I'll, I'll editorialize this, that I think our legislature does a very good job in terms of putting things out there for the public to hear. In terms of audio and video, you can go find yeah. any recording of any bill anytime. And I, maybe the public doesn't know that. If you want to go find out what lawmakers said when they debated the state flag or why they passed a bill uh, dealing with transgender health care, go listen to it and you'll hear everything. And it's 
organized and it's all there on le.utah.gov. And so that was nice for me. Oops, I missed this bill yesterday that was interesting. Let me go back and listen to it, write a story or follow it up the next day. Yeah, they do a great job with that. And I sometimes listen to those on my way into work. I'll just, you know, plug my phone into the speakers and listen. So I think it's a great way if people don't have time and not everyone has time in their life when they're running their kids around and have a job to go up there and be a part of the session. But it's a way that you can be a part of it and listen into things that you know are important to you. So I love that you can do that. And even when they're happening live, you can watch them. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, and you can even testify if you and need take to part home. virtually. Yes, yeah. yeah. COVID changed a lot, and one of the things you can do is you can take part virtually. Although they did change the rules this year, you have to have your camera on. So make sure your camera is on if you're going to testify. A lot of people will keep it off, and then they're not able to testify. Yeah, I appreciate that rule. We need to see your face and your name. And, and your name, you are. Yep. yes. No and fake names. <laughs> it's not like Twitter. You have to own who you are. Yep. Um, you talked about the fact that we had all these bills, and I saw someone post uh, the cumulative bills passed in the legislature over the last few years, and the number keeps going up and up and up. Do you have any idea why that's happening? No, I really don't. I mean, we talk with lawmakers, Senate leaders about it recently, and they kind of laugh and say, yeah, it, it might be too many, but maybe it's not too many. I just think lawmakers, each, when you consider there are 75 members of the House of Representatives, there are 29 members of the Senate, that's 104 lawmakers that have various ideas. So I guess when you think we had almost 1,000 bills, 10 bills per lawmaker on average that, that got written, and, and I, I've talked to some who, I talked to one lawmaker in particular I said, you have a lot of bills. And he said, I have a lot of ideas. And so I think it's, you know, they're out and about living in in the world. It's a citizen legislature and they come up with ideas and it turns into a bill, but it is a lot. It's a lot of bills to go through and it keeps them very, very busy. Um, There's oftentimes at the end of the session talk that there might be some that will end up in a special session where they're like, okay, we can't get this done, but we're going to have to discuss that. Is there anything you're hearing about right now where you're like, okay, we're going to be dealing with this in a couple months. No, not really. The only thing that really is out there is the, the constitutional amendment that lawmakers have been working on that would eventually remove the food tax. Mm-hmm. The amendment would change the funding formula for income tax revenue, as I mentioned earlier. And they've been working with education groups on finding the right language because right now income tax money must be spent on education. And education groups have said, we want to make sure that education funding is not in any way jeopardized. They've been working on language. There's been some work throughout the last few weeks. And today, Senate President Stuart Adams noted, if we don't get it exactly right this year, we can come back next year and fix it before it goes on the ballot. So that's really the only thing I've heard talked about that's an imminent, we might come uh, come back and fix it, but that's not a special session. I haven't heard anything that a special session would be coming imminently on something. Okay, that's interesting. And one thing too, I noticed um, in this legislative session, there were a lot of new legislators. There are. And interestingly enough, I think a lot of people think that you have to be in politics for a long time to make a difference. And I don't think that's true because I saw um, Jen Plum new to the Senate, get a lot of her bills passed. They were were in, they were out, they passed. um, And so I think sometimes even these new voices, if you get the right bills, the right issues, Uh, you can make a difference. And so I thought that was interesting to see. It is interesting to see which lawmakers, and I'll look at it after it's all done, how many lawmakers passed bills and which ones didn't. But there were a lot of new lawmakers, and some of them found 
that their bills ran into walls and others found that they had success. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out by the time midnight yeah. hits. And some take years to come. I saw um, that Luz Escamilla had a bill that finally went through on maternal health for making sure that they had Medicaid or Medicare coverage a year after the fact. And I think she said she'd been working on it for years. So sometimes it takes the long haul of getting it right for years to come. Uh, I don't want to talk to you for too long, so a couple of fun questions because not everyone knows how the reporter life works. Uh, tell um, our listeners a little bit about what your day's like, because you say that you sometimes go back and listen, but uh, as a reporter, we don't just work eight hours a day, and during the legislative session, it's a whole lot more than that, and I'm assuming when you're not at the Hill, you're looking at your phone and looking at what's going on all the time. I really try not to when I go home, and I've Ooh, really, that's good discipline. I've really had to try just let me unplug at home, and yeah. it's been good for my mental health. But, I mean, a typical day when the session starts, those first few weeks, I felt like you have more time to get in, look at the new bills, look at the committee hearing agendas, and then go throughout your day. As the session proceeds, it gets much busier. And so all of a sudden, you're finding you have early committee hearings, you're running to the House or the Senate floor, you're back in committee hearings in the afternoon, then you're back on the floor for the House or the Senate maybe into the evening. And so I just tried to come in with a pretty good idea of here are the things that are happening today but also with an eye to what is being unveiled. And that's where in the first half of the session, a lot of the stories that the public finds interesting are the bills that are being unveiled. Here's a bill on abortion. Here's a bill to give first-time homebuyers up to $20,000 to buy their first home. Things like that, that they come out, they haven't necessarily gotten a hearing or a vetting, but they're there, and that kind of sparks the public discussion and debate around it. Interesting. Are you a brown bagger? Do you bring a lunch up there every day and try most, to eat snacks in between, or do you go to the fancy food trucks or the nah, cafeteria? Most, yeah, the cafeteria. When I was an intern there 16 years ago. Do they ago, still have that? They I had a to... cafeteria, and then they got rid of it because they COVID? had to make committee rooms. Oh, gotcha. I've heard they have some other place, but I haven't been to it. Anyway, long story short, I usually bring my lunch. That's because I'm cheap, I'm and I try same. to bring lunch. But I did go to the food truck a couple times because, you know. you got to treat yourself. got to splurge every once in a while. Yes. Uh, do you have an energy drink of choice that gets you through the session in the day? Water. Well, that's so so good for your body. So, bor- so, so boring. That's not boring. That's <laughs> awesome if you can get through life like that. So high five for that. Um, did you make it on the fashion list again? Ben Winslow always uh, picks an outfit of the day. Ben Winslow. My good friend Ben did not put me on Capitol That's fashion That's really rude, Ben Winslow, if you're listening to this. He, uh, mm. he's, but he's, he's impeccably dressed, and I'm not, so let's be honest. I think you always look terrific. <laughs> um, working without an office, are there any tricks? Because people think, I mean, legislative leaders, they have offices. They can deal with that. But do you have a giant bag you carry around with you? How do you pull it off? There's a press room. In the basement. Yeah. And so I just go down there and I have a little spot and it's, I've actually become quite comfortable in it. And it's nice because we get the camaraderie of the journalists that we work together day in and day out. Ben, you mentioned, and yeah. others from other outlets here in Utah. And it's nice to be able to just chat and have fun and then get to work. And so I, I go hang out in the press room, but I have a laptop. So that kind of goes with me everywhere. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm doing my work up in the gallery of the House or the Senate as they're debating. I've got a headphone in one ear, listening out the other and typing something. <laughs> multitasking times three. So it just kind of depends. Technologies change everything. When I used to be at the legislative session, I was, you know, scribbling notes like crazy and going to find your photographer and grabbing tape and listening. So it's definitely gotten easier. So I appreciate that. And I think a lot of people think that behind the scenes, all the different stations are enemies, but it's awesome to have friends that are all covering the same thing and going through the same process with you and hang out at the Capitol. So I think everyone's really nice. We yeah. get along and we're competitors, but we're also humans and we can be friends and friendly. It's nice. Love that. 
Anything people should know about the session that you'd want them to know that they just don't see on TV? Uh, I mean, we try, but sometimes it's important to know what didn't happen at the legislature. And I took the liberty of Ooh, making okay. a short list. Yes. So we talk a lot about the things that do pass, but there's a lot that don't pass. Okay. And some of the things that didn't pass that were notable this year, number one, a lawmaker wanted to make it so that a pregnant woman would count for two people in uh, the carpool yes. lane. That did not pass. Uh, bills on both dismantling diversity, equity, and inclusion offices as well as some other things along those lines, those didn't go forward either in the form they were. They're kind of going to be studied over the next few months. A bill that would have made you request your mail-in ballot, that didn't go anywhere. Another bill that would have given renters more time to get notice of a rent increase, that failed to pass. Magic mushrooms, oh, yes, also they known died. as psilocybin. The governor came out and said he would veto it, essentially. If it, I, don't, I don't think he thought it would pass, but yeah. he, he came and poured cold water on it pretty said, save strongly. your time. And uh, it did get a committee hearing, but didn't go anywhere. And then on a serious note, uh, mandating that clergy report child abuse. That's been a big issue in the news. An and, emotional one, too. An emotional one and, and, and a very complex issue. And I know that a lot of the religious organizations were opposed to that, but that didn't end up going anywhere. There were a number of bills on that front that did not move. Uh, finally, the Great Salt Lake, there were some water bills that got watered down, no pun intended, <laughs> and uh, some that didn't move forward. And one of them was a bill that would have set a target level for the Great Salt Lake, because we know it's been shrinking due to yeah. overuse of water and drought. And the the governor and, and lawmakers, uh, Republicans, have really poured, I keep saying poured cold water. I need to find another <laughs> You can phrase. say that. They keep pouring cold water on the idea of a target lake level, even mm. though their own Great Salt Lake strike team has recommended that. A Democratic senator put forward that uh, resolution to create a target water level for the lake. It did not go anywhere. Uh, some other bills have, though. So it's just it's interesting to know the bills that do move forward and the ones that don't. Because yeah. many, many, many a bill dies in some way on Capitol Hill. And there were quite a few election law ones. There was one where they were trying to say that if you got 70% in your caucus that you wouldn't have to face a primary. Did that one die as well? I never quite heard the end of that. Or is that still well, like as clinging of the, on? As of the taping of this podcast, anything could still happen on that. But mm. I, I don't believe in that form. It, it's moving anywhere. Uh, oh. But, you know, midnight, once midnight hits. I think a lot of people are wondering if Senator Romney was waiting to see what happened with bills like that before he decides to run or not run for Senate, too. So it'll be he, interesting. He stopped by Capitol Hill and yeah. told us, expect a decision in spring or summer. Which is super late, which broad, is interesting. That's a broad time frame. Yeah, so out. if you're looking to run for that office, run against him, start saving your pennies, but... Don't be ready. Be ready. I don't know. So it'll be an inter interesting year. Uh, before we let you go, anything fun that you're going to do to decompress and be done with this session? Honestly, my son just got his wisdom teeth out. Oh, that so sounds miserable. We're, we're recovering at home. Just had that today. Uh, no, being with the family. And I, I have a couple days off next week. And that is one thing where I, I would give a personal shout out to my family, who is very understanding and yeah. encouraging of me, both in my career as a journalist, but also understanding that the legislative session often gets started very early or ends very late at night. And they've been very, very good and and not complaining at all about the, the very long hours I've had to put in the last 45 days. Yeah, shout out to the families because it's not an easy business to be in and it's not easy to be the family home on the other side because we all work kind of crazy hours. Yeah, so. so Time with them. That's That's my plan. And 
Maybe some sleep. I don't know. You should definitely get some sleep. Yes. Well, I definitely need more sleep and I'm never going to forget conversion therapy again. (laughs) I don't know where my brain went on vacation there, but thanks for hanging out. We're going to have to come in and have a more Daniel time on a regular basis. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right. If people don't follow you on social media, easy way. Are you always Daniel Woodruff everywhere you go? Daniel Woodruff on Facebook and then Daniel M. Woodruff. M as in Mark. That's my middle name. It's very official. Yeah. Daniel M. Woodruff on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Well, thanks for being with us, and hopefully you learned a little bit listening to the uh, political reporter life behind the scenes. Thanks, Daniel. Yep.